Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 91. First and foremost, let's take a moment to grieve. You know, we just came um, uh, we came across the news that Chadwick Boseman passed away. He has transitioned. And it's it's sudden. It's sudden for us, though, as the public, as his fans. And we learned that he passed away due to colon cancer. And we actually learned that he's been battling with colon cancer for the past four years. So it's a lot to take in. We're realizing, I'm realizing that, wow, while he was here, his last few years on earth, he's been silently, well, silent to us. He's been purposefully hiding this information to us, um, from us, and has only kept it within his family in his immediate circle. So there is that just, it's like a double whammy, like, damn, he passed. Damn, he's been battling with this for four years. It's a lot. So I think there's a lot that we are all collectively feeling at this time. And knowing that he was just just from his, his roles in Hollywood, how he carried himself throughout his acting career, he has always shown himself to be a stand-up guy. And you, we know that in Hollywood, Hollywood has a way of, and I'm going I'm to I'm go ahead and say it. I know it's not politically correct to say, but Hollywood has a way of demasculizing right, um, Black men. They have a way of putting black men in women's clothing, making them more feminine than they are naturally. And so, and making a mockery of that. You know, we think about Medea, think about uh, Martin in uh, Big Mama's house. Eddie Murphy he had a role. What was it, Nutty Professor? Or what? It was another one. Um, but there's so many examples of black actors, black male actors, playing women. And however you want to take it or not, I'm not here to debate. I, I said what I said. The point is, there with Chadwick Boseman, he stood in his masculinity, and it wasn't toxic. That's the. That's the. That's the thing to take away with it. Like he wasn't a toxic masculine male. No, no, no. He was a stand-up guy. He was a character that was beyond what he expressed on TV in movies. Like he always played characters that had integrity. And he was always um the actor playing these autobiographical autobiographical roles. Um, of black history. So whether that's Jackie Robinson um, and other different um, figures in black history, he always played them and showed so much class, so much integrity. And he was just he's a stand-up guy. And if you watch different interviews that he was in, that was just him. Like that was his essence. And so to lose him, you know, it is it's a shot, you know, it hurts. And I don't think we 
celebrate enough, not celebrate, um, I don't think we recognize enough that collective grieving is real. Like you could still feel sad and mourn a loss of someone who you never met, who was never in your vicinity, who was never in your circle. And that's okay. No one should shame you for, oh, now all of a sudden you like Chadwick Boseman. Shut the fuck up. I, yeah. There's a lot of things I hate when people do when we grieve. I don't care if I've never said Chadwick Boseman's name at all, or I don't care if I've never said his name to you, right? If I've never, if I just happen to have never said his name in your presence, that does not give you the rights, nor does it excuse you from saying comments like, oh, now everyone wants to love Chadwick Boseman. Where was this love? Like, shut up. So, so it's just, there is still, negativity no matter where you turn and i'm seeing a lot of comments too of because okay so before he passed um and if you could realize if you if you could look in retrospect and look at his pictures you know and remember he's been battling with colon cancer for the past four years so his pictures if you take a close look at it you'll see a difference in his physical appearance you'll see he is much thinner um, not only in his face, but in his physique, his thinness is clear. And so, of course, naturally, you're going to look at it like, oh, something's different. This is not the same Black Panther I was accustomed to. So a lot of people um, pr previous to him, to him passing, when um, the Shade Room posted a picture of him, it was something that, you know, the Shade Room is shady. Of course, they're going to post something of him that they know will cause great reaction, right? Um, and by great, I mean large in amount, not great as in positive. And that exactly that is exactly what happened when um, Shade Room posted a picture of him. He looked very thin and he did look sickly. And that's just the honest truth. And he was, right? He was obviously sickly now that we know that he passed away from colon cancer. And there was a lot of nasty comments like, oh, look, why are you looking like that? You know, that's not okay either. Um, but I think what the issue is, is when now that we know that he, now that he has passed, you know, there's some people responding like, oh, see, that's why you shouldn't, that, you know, people are so evil. That's why you shouldn't never comment on people's appearance. And it's like, now is not the time. <laughs> No, what this is not the time to lecture me or anyone else about what I said six months ago. What does that have to do with right now? You know, I could have still said, and look, that wasn't me. I, I wasn't the one saying nasty comments. I did notice his difference in physical appearance. That's uh that's you can't ignore his difference in his physical appearance. It was completely obvious. But it's not the time, nor can it ever be the time for someone to now tell you or lecture you, that's why humans are so evil, you guys suck, really, humans really suck. It's like, why do you guys take time to be angry? And I understand that's a, a natural human emotion and I am so here for embracing your humanity. I just think we need to find appropriate times and think to ourselves, is now the right time to ridicule and lecture those who didn't, you know, comment on his physical appearance um, in, with the political correctness that they require? Shut the fuck up. 
Like it's really, it's really, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the puzzle. It doesn't fit. Just stop. Just mourn and go. Mourn and go. Not mourn, lecture, and go. Not mourn, lecture, and promote your products, Sean King. Can y'all stop posting Sean King? He's not even black. Can we just start there? Oh my gosh. And I'm not here to say, well, just because he's light skin, he's not black. No, no, no. Just because he's not black means he's not black. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's not black. And he doesn't want to reveal his identity and his ancestral um, background. He doesn't because he knows he's not black. Okay? He's a Rachel Dolezal in a male body. That's what he is. So until we stop giving him attention, he won't stop acting as if he's deserving of it. Can you tell us what you did with the funds for Ferguson? Huh? Can you uh, tell us why all of a sudden you on Kamala's dick? Oh, pussy. Um, when before, just a couple of tweets ago, you were talking about two people I would never support, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But you're supporting them now. And look, we are free to change our minds. I am so quick to say you have permission to, as you should. You should evolve and change your mind. But I just don't like Sean King. So it doesn't apply to him. It doesn't apply to him. But anyway, like I was saying, Rest in peace of Chadwick Boseman. I think with collective grief um, and personal grief, you know, you guys know my cousin passed away, Joanna, and it, it's all all grief. What it really does for, for me is continue to reinforce what's important in life. It's not the money. It's not the material goods. It's not the car that you drive. It's not anything else. It's not the shoes that you wear. Not the red bottoms. It's not anything else. Nothing really matters. That's, that's, that's really what I'm trying to say. What we think matters really doesn't. And um, the intangible things are the ones that matter. Um, so by intangible, I mean is your spirit. How do you love yourself? How do you love others? Love matters. Um, trust, comfort, compassion, all of those things that are intangible, joy, those things matter. And when we are not um, really focusing on our self-growth, when we are not really giving each other any any room to be better people, better humans, then what are we doing? We need to take this time to really reevaluate our life. You know, who are the people around you? Do you feel full with them in a negative way? Or do you feel full with them in a way that you feel encouraged, you feel enlightened by them? Right? Like, Think about your friend. A lot of people are friends with people who just looks good, who just looks good, you know, who just look like they made it, like they are of a particular class. And I'm going to take more pictures with them. I'm going to show everyone, look at the quantity of friends I have. I don't care. Neither should you. Look over your friendships. Look over the relationship in your life. Do they matter? Do they matter? 
Anyway, so um, it's really all about character. So I look at, you know, uh, Chadwick Boseman, I look at Joanna, and it's the character of these people that, that really mattered to me and to a lot of other people. And that explains why everyone speaks of them so highly. It explains why Joanna was revered by so many people, you know, so many people called on her as a trusted friend, as a loyal friend, as a supportive friend. And that is my experience with her as well. And to see that is not just a one experience, it's a several experience. Like I have other family members who could say the same. I have, uh, I know her coworkers could say the same about Joanna. So it says a lot to your character. How is your character? Are you a kind person? Are you someone who is supportive emotionally? Do you um, recognize your own faults and are you humble about them? Look, me saying this is not me saying that I am suddenly all of these things all at once and here I am. No, no, no. It's saying that I am growing in this. I am evolving continually. And that's why if you guys could see um, like the tag, the tagline of this podcast is about it's a comedy podcast about politics, dating and self-growth. And so self-growth is essential for me. I love to get better. I love to learn. I love to heal. I love to talk about healing. I love to talk about the elephant in the room so I could get to the healing, right? And so when we are not when we are not honest with ourselves and we spend more focus on things that don't matter, our character, our spirit is now depleted. You know, I don't want to leave this earth knowing that I didn't work on being a better version of myself. So I can say for Joanna, I can say for Chadwick Boseman, they were great people, amazing people, just based off of their character. And it showed. So, you know, grieving is hard. And I have become more accepting of that it is just a way of life. You know, as much as I miss Joanna, I I try to believe, well, I do believe, but I try to embrace more of the fact that God will do what he needs to do, right? God will take you home when it is your time. You know, God will, if you have fulfilled your purpose here on earth, your God-given purpose here on earth, God will go ahead and bring you back up home. And that's what I believe. So that brings me peace. That brings me solace. And I also think about heaven must be lit. The afterlife must be lit. You know, who I'm selfish to, to want for Joanna to be here because what if she's having a much better time up in paradise? Of course, she, I'm sure she misses, I'm sure, I'm sure she misses us. <laughs> um, but I, I trust that she's good. I trust that she is under the care of the father. And so I, I am at peace with that. Don't, don't get me wrong. Grieving is a journey. And, you know, sometimes I'm still, sometimes I, I break out into, into tears 
into fear as well, missing that relationship in my life and what that meant for me. Then I just have to go through that, feel those emotions. And then I remind myself of the fact that she's good and that alone is peaceful. So that brings me joy. Anyway, let's let's go ahead and move on with the next topic. But you know, I just, you know, I think it's um it's powerful. You know, 2020 is um, you know, it, it's crazy. It's a crazy time that we're in. <sighs> it's a crazy time that we're in. And I'm hoping 2021 things will look better for everyone, not just for myself, on you know, apart from the grieving part. Anyway, let's talk about this fast that I completed recently. I brought you guys along the journey when I introduced to you all that I am embarking on a fast, 30 days of no sex, no alcohol, and working out five times a week at minimum. And I am here to say I have accomplished that, and I feel so good. I remember talking to a colleague of mine and he was like, cause I was telling him about it and he was like, oh, so do you see any results? Like about like my physical appearance as far as the five times a week workout plan that I, I was on. And although that question is cool, like it's not filled with malintent, I think sometimes people miss the bigger picture. like. I did not go on this fast for vanity reasons. I did not go on this fast to lose weight per se. I really like my body, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Yes, I could tone up a little bit more, I guess, but I'm a bad bitch. Let's just stop there. Um, But the point is, I think that question missed the mark. You know, how about, wow, how are you feeling? Like, Wow, have you, in what ways have you grown throughout this past? You know, like questions like that, not like, oh, did you lose five pounds a week? Or, you know, and then I remember starting the fast and I was thinking, hmm, maybe I should post a picture, uh, not post, but like take a picture of myself for my own, for my own consumption and look at the differences from week one, week two, et cetera, et cetera. Me, I'm the type of person I don't really care. Like I don't <laughs> I don't like I don't really care about like okay, let me jot down week 1. We I just I just go with the flow. And I feel like when I do when you do stuff like that, it feels so regimented like okay, week 1, I processed this amount of calories and I exuded them in this way. It's just I don't I just go with the flow. Right. I just know, okay, today is my workout day. Okay. Today is my day off from workout. Okay. I've like I just do it that way. So that's just me. I don't really keep track per se. But what I did keep, um, what I I just do what's natural to me. That's what I'm saying. And what's natural to me is not taking pictures, looking at my physical appearance for any results. That's not natural to me. But what's natural to me is journaling. What's natural to me is talking to myself, self-reflecting, and going over um, just points in my life, going over my character, going over relationships that I've had, um, that I still have, and that I no longer have. And I, um, as I was journaling, 
I was, you know, I, I talked about it in the episode Shadow Work. I talked about, and I realized I literally had a revelation right on my couch, right on my single chair couch that I was sitting on. And I was like, wow, I am still manifesting and still unhealed from the emotional abandonment that I experienced from my mother since I was 13, 12, not 12, 13, 14. And, you know, just throughout my teenagehood. And I manifested that in ways in my relationships and the casual, non-committal sexual adventures I've had. And though I've disguised it as, oh, you know, sexual liberation, women should be able to do what they want. And I believe that to an extent, but I think more often than not, we don't realize there's a lot of things that we are not unpacking from our childhood, from our trauma. And because we don't unpack it, we do things that are not necessarily healing to our soul. So me fucking all those niggas before was never healing to my soul. And I would think about like, hmm, I'm not fulfilled. Why am I still doing this? Like, I would pick up guys. I sound like a prostitute. I'm not. But like, you know, you go out with your girls, right? And then you eye to eye somebody. You go home with them. And then you do the same shit, you do the same shit again next weekend. <laughs> Y'all don't know what I'm talking about? No. Somebody out there knows what the fuck I'm talking about, okay? But you do that. And although I did felt a vibe with some guys, as soon as the night was, no, as soon as the sun came out in the morning, I was like, what the fuck? Like, why did I do this? Like, I immediately was in a pool of regret, feeling like, damn, I just did it again. And so when I was continuously repeating that pattern, I was trying to figure out, why am I doing this? I don't understand. And I just couldn't figure it out. Until one day during my 30-day fast, I realized, boom, I'm afraid of commitment. Boom, I'm afraid of it because I'm still hurting from the emotional abandonment that I received and experienced with my mother for a couple of years. And um, it's manifesting itself in this way in my life. And wow, I named it. Wow. That's that's heavy. And I was sitting on my couch and I was just crying. I was crying. I was trying to figure out, oh my God. Well, I figured it out. I, and I was just in an aha moment. And I was remembering my feelings as a teenager. And I was remembering them as if it happened yesterday because I didn't realize I suppressed it. I literally suppressed it and I was I was reminding, it was like my inner child was reminding myself in the present day what I went through then. I had to just, hello, mama. The reason why you were afraid of commitments because your mother left you. Your mother said, don't call me mom anymore when that situation happened. Your mother ignored you in the same house. Shit. That's why you were afraid of talking to these niggas. <laughs> And so I sat back with that and I felt it. I felt it in my body. 
I felt it in my being and I had to feel it to go through it and to get on the healing journey for it. So I wrote that down. I felt it. I don't know if I wrote it down. Actually. I think I did. But anyway, as I was journaling and just talking to myself about it, I, I was realizing that. And I probably wouldn't have came to that revelation had I not been on this fast, on that fast, because it's now over. Um, but had I not been on the fast, I probably would not have realized, huh, that's why, that's where it came from. You know, because if I was still fucking niggas non-committedly, <laughs> I would have never, like, I wouldn't have been clear-minded enough to pinpoint my reason behind my behavior patterns. So that's that's the results I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the results of, oh, I got I to make sure I got an eight-pack. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm looking for clarity. I'm looking for a reason. I'm looking for um just just compassion within myself and understanding and i got that so that was amazing once i got through that um and after the fast well during the fast actually i reached out to drum let me just drink this tea while y'all drum roll drum roll please um i reached out to church bay church bay okay um, not Boston Bay. <laughs> Let's start there because there's more to talk about with him. Um, and I'll get to him in a moment. But I reached out to Church Bay. And I did so because I said to myself, I pushed him away. I pushed him away. And for those who don't remember, I don't know what episode was it, but it was a couple episodes ago. If you could go back. Um, I ended things with him because... One, he's so Church Bay is the one who's four years younger than me, and I was so stuck on the on the age, thinking that that really mattered. And when you go back to what I was saying early in this podcast, that doesn't matter. I mean, don't be a pedophile, obviously, but my point is, look at someone's character, look at someone how they treat you. That's what matters, not what they wear. I mean, be attracted to your nigga. And I'm attracted to church base. So let's end there. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not pushing on that. But what I'm saying is when we get so stuck on things that don't matter, like age, as far as, you know, be of age of consent, of course. Um, but like age, um, how you dress, the car you drive, like those things don't matter. Like I'm not a materialistic girl, but I was realizing I was still finding reasons to push niggas away. And even my friends down here were saying, yeah, Maxine, we noticed that you, you're so quick to let someone go. And I'm like, so? <laughs> if you don't, if you're not happy with someone or if that someone's not fulfilling a need for you, let them go, right? And I still believe in that, but I also need to check and why I needed to check, why do I do that? Am I doing it because I really don't feel connected to you? Or am I doing it because... I'm just afraid of getting closer to you. So I'm just going to sabotage it and run away and ghost your ass. No, either one is not okay. <laughs> right? Well, the last one's not okay. That's what I'm saying. So I reached out to Church Bay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I ended it with him a couple of months ago. Was it in April? Like, yeah, a couple of months ago because I was just, I was being dramatic. And I don't want to dismiss myself. So let me not do that. 
I I ended it with him. I could look back on it now because I didn't want to open myself up to him more. Like I didn't want to fully invest emotionally. So I wanted to keep him at a distance. And he is someone who I've essentially been praying for. I don't pray every second of the second. Um, can we talk about prayer? I, sorry, I'm going to go on a quick tangent. Let's talk about prayer real quick. Because some of y'all church girls, and I'm specific to church girls, because I don't think church guys do this. At least I haven't come across church men who do this. Some of y'all church girls are so reliant on prayer is actually hurting you than helping you. Can we just pause the podcast right here? I'll, I'll wait. Pause it. Let me say it again. Some of y'all church girls, I said some, I'm not generalizing because I know some of y'all are. So that's, this is a true statement. Some of y'all church girls are praying to your disservice because all you're doing is praying. You're not putting any action. You're not putting any work. You know, the typical saying everyone's saying now, even atheists are saying this, faith without works is dead. Atheists are saying that. And y'all Christian girls, y'all church girls are doing none of that. No work is done. The faith is dead because all y'all do is pray. It's like y'all would pray and sit back and just wait. Wait until there's a knock on the door saying, hey, I'm your man of God. Will you marry me? Hey, uh, I'm the job that you wanted. Will you accept the position? No, no, no. You have to apply, right? You have to network. You have to talk to the appropriate people. You have to present yourself as such, right? You have to do your own inner healing work. You can't just sit back and be like, God, take away this pain of, of, of abandonment. No, no, no. Talk life unto yourself. You know, make yourself feel worthy of love. Do the work. If, if I hear one more church girl tell me, Okay, I'm just going to pray about it. No, do something else. I'm not saying don't pray. Please don't get that wrong. I'm not saying don't pray. I am not saying don't pray. Let me reiterate that because some of y'all don't get that. I'm saying don't just pray. How about that? How about that? How about that? I'm saying don't just sit back. And just not do shit. Do God has put, and this that's what I'm, that's what thing I'm like trying to push onto people. God literally puts things in front of us. He puts resources in front of us. He puts people in front of us that we could use, not in an abusive way, but that we could use to our advantage to get to where we need to go. Right? Don't abuse that, of course, but that we could use to our advantage. God literally gives us resources that we could use to our advantage. Yet, you sit back. You sit back and just pray. Don't just pray. God, let me just, I, sorry, that was a word I need to speak on to somebody who's listening to this podcast. Please take 
that if that sat with you and if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please make sure you have done so. Okay. We are on Apple Podcasts, which is iTunes, uh, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And please leave a comment and give me five stars rating. But don't just pray. Don't just pray. I'm really tired of y'all just praying and then going to sleep. What are you go outside? It's like, oh Lord, please make me a bad bitch. And then y'all eat whatever the fuck you want, gain all the weight in the world, and wonder why that nigga's not calling. I'm sorry. This is heavy. This is heavy, right? I know what I'm saying is heavy. It's hard to, the truth could hurt. I get that. And I know we live in a world where body positivity, I could be 300 pounds, but body positivity or body neutrality, whatever the fuck that means. But essentially, I see it as an excuse. Do something. Stop sitting back. You feeling so tired and worn out. Maybe because you ate eight wings today for lunch. Maybe because you didn't have breakfast. Maybe because you don't drink enough water or you don't drink water, period. What? Stop just praying. Shit, that was for somebody. Please, hello. Hello. And let me know if you have a conversation about that, if you need to talk further about that. Like, mama, that was rude. I'm not saying that out of harshness. And I'm not saying that every big girl needs to be a size two. No, you can still be a big girl. But the point is when you are, what is it? Because there's a lot of like <clears throat> women and men, but I'm only speaking to the women, who are just so quick to dismiss the body that they're in. They're so quick to ignore the fact that... um. You have to live in this body. This is your temple. This is. You have to live. This is, yes, it's a temporary body. Yes, we are spiritual beings first, but we are in this physical body. We are in this flesh. So to maximize your fullness, your health, right? Because health is wealth. That's really what matters here. To maximize that, you have to take care of your temple. You have to eat, right? I'm not saying be a vegan. I'm not a vegan. I love meat. Hello, <laughs> take that two ways. Hello, <laughs> but what I'm saying is you have to take care of your temple. Go on a walk. Stop eating chicken wings today. Let's not. Let's let's tr let's try some salmon. Have you had some greens? Can you add some greens to your recipe today? Huh? Can you add some um, broccoli? Just just don't. Just pray. That's what I'm. That's okay. Anyway, let's get back to what I was saying. Okay, so as I was praying, <laughs> no, no, but as I was talking to God, like my prayers are not regimented to dear Father God with my hand. Like I talk to God all day. Okay, um, maybe when I'm in church, I'm more formal in my prayer, but a bitch is talking to God now. Okay, He hears me all the time. Especially when I call on him to, to help me make a, a right decision or whatever. The point is, so as I was talking about like the type of man I want in my life, the type of partner I want in my life, the type of romance, let me be this specific, romantic partner, you know, a husband that I want in my life, I look at Church Bay, he was it all along. Now, look, to God be the glory, 
let, let, let it go where it needs to go. Um, but what I could feel from this rekindling from what it has been prior to us, um, prior to me letting him go is that he was always the stand-up man I needed him to be and or I needed a partner to be. He was never someone who just acted a certain way to kind of get far. He's just a good integral, like he his integrity is 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 what makes him that nigga. I remember talk I remember having an episode talking about like I need a nigga who's going to rough me up, you know, slap me around a little bit, right? You know, ignore my call sometimes. And <laughs> that is trauma. That's trauma talking. That's me not experiencing that or me manifesting the fact that I feel undeserving of a proper, healthy type of love that I'm just going to accept this abusive love and well, and think it's love and disguise it as love when it's not. So while you're healing, while you're doing the work, you're realizing, whoa, I was, I was all the way fucked up in my mental. I was thinking this particular way of loving someone, right. Being inconsistent, being, um, only present when you need sex, um, not being around when I need you just always being that type of person in my life, I was thinking that was that was love, right? So with Boston Bay, I knew that I was not being fulfilled from him, yet I was still expecting something else. I was still hoping that eventually he'll get it. Eventually he'll he'll get it. Yet, I said this before, so I was talking about, and I came across something that I've been learning online. Can I just say this? When you curate your Instagram feed, you really come across things that are so educational, y'all. Like, baby, who needs a therapist when you got Instagram? <laughs> when you follow the right people on Instagram, who needs a therapist? That's what I'm trying to say. Look, I'm still for therapists. Uh, I'm still trying to find the one for me. I'm still going to um, go on that journey and figure it out. Because I just recently left a voicemail to someone who I you know, liked her little bio, felt like, okay, maybe she could help me with these things. (laughs) And yet a bitch never responded to my voicemail. What, what in the service is this? Anyway, so I came across trauma bonds and I talked about this before, but I saw this Instagram post and it really broke it down so, so beautifully that I don't think, girl, I don't think, um, (laughs) I don't think we recognize what it is enough and we fail to see how we may be in trauma bond situations, relationships, thinking that it's love when it's really just two people still pulled to be with each other because, hey, I could control you. I could be emotionally manipulative to you. And hey, you're going to think that's love. You're going to think this is how this should be. You're going to think this is normal and it's natural and this is expected. You're going to, just like with me, like I thought, hey, I know Boston Bay doesn't call me every single day, but when he does, it feels right. (laughs) What? I know he doesn't, he doesn't ever, he, he never came down here to visit me like he said he was going to, yet he came, um, uh, I think two times just because his 
he has a friend, he knows somebody who lives here and suddenly wants to see me. Oh my gosh. Still never saw him here because it was still like, this is not okay. This is not okay. So anyway, trauma bonds, trauma bonds. So here's a post that I found on trauma bonds by this Instagram profile name, the holistic psychologist. So the period holistic period psychologist. And she has these posts that she posts. That's just like, bitch, slap you in the face. So trauma bonds, there's five steps to it. Maybe not in that exact order, but either way, these five things will show up itself um, in that dynamic. So one, a push-pull dynamic where neither partner feels safe or secure in the relationship. Two, a feeling of walking on eggshells where there is not open and honest communication around needs and emotions. Three, cycles of emotional addiction where chaos and fear of abandonment create the illusion of sexual chemistry. Girl, can we stop right? Let me let me continue. Number four, a partner is unreliable, bing, or unpredictable, bing, bing, yet there is still a desire to be chosen. And finally, five, a love-hate dynamic where there's a strong nervous system activation and a fear of being seen as the true self. So, ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot right there. All of this was my relationship with Boston Bay. Okay? All of this was my relationship with Boston Bay. And I think about just the whole dynamic I had with him for the four years that we were seeing each other. I... Was I, I remember throughout the time I would stay, I would say to myself, like, why I don't like him. I don't like him. I just don't like who he is. I don't like how he is not actively present in my life. I don't like how he doesn't show up for me. I don't like how it's hard for us to communicate. And whenever I bring up something, and no matter how gentle I try to be with my approach, he will jump up and down like a damn hyena, okay? And yet it goes into the whole, what is it? A partner is unreliable, unpredictable, yet there is still a desire to be chosen. And so it's like, I I would have these self-reflection moments and I would think to myself like, I don't like these things, yet I still want him to choose me, yet I still want him to act right by me. I still want him to you know, get it together. I still, I still want him. And it wasn't because I loved him. I didn't, a bitch was not, that chakra was not open yet. I still wanted that in my life. And, um, I'm so happy that I finally let that go. And I really put the money with the mouth is (laughs) and really stepped away from that. And he's since like, I knew he would, he since reached out to me, not on some I miss you tip, not yet at least, because that's what he has done many times before. But he's reached out to me in a sense like I will post um, pictures on my Instagram story. He'll respond and he'll respond as if like as if we've been talking casually, as if I haven't hit you to the curb six months ago. <laughs> like, are you OK? Are you on crack? Why are you in my DMs with the laughing emoji face over a meme that I posted? 
Huh? The last thing he he um hit my DM for, he was like, I posted a picture of me on the beach. You can see it was just a picture of my of my leg and my curve to my ass, and you see the water up front, and I'm on the sand. He responded talking about beach in Houston, question mark. And it's like, why are you here? Huh? Why are you here? Like, I don't care if it's a beach at the Gulf Coast, nigga. Stop responding. Like, nobody is adding you. No one tagged you in this picture. There's literally no reason why you need to respond. You could just look at it and go. Look and go. And you may say, well, mama, just go ahead and block him. No, because I don't want him to feel like I'm so invested in him that I have to block him now because he's so much for me and I just have to block and I just can't take it. He's so much like, no, 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 it's never that. First of all, I don't follow him. So I don't look at his pictures. And um, I remember he will try to get me to say, hey, I can you don't follow me. I can you don't look like, I think he wants that. So he could, so he wants me to see him living. And I know it eats him up knowing that I don't give a fuck. And I seemingly don't give a fuck, right? Like he may think, oh, she really does give a fuck internally, right? No, no, no I, I still don't give a fuck. Um, but it's on the surface, it looks like I don't give a fuck either. Like it matches my internal. So that's the great part about it. Like I don't even, I don't look at your page. His page is private. So um, even if I wanted to, I'm not going to go through the whole hoop of trying to be uh, accepted as his friend. And I remember one time he did um, what, like deprivatize his page. And purposefully, I think he did it. For, I know he did it for me to look at his shit. It's just like, you're nuts. You need help. Anyway, so the point is, I <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Anyway, so trauma bond, trauma bond, that was really it. And I think that's what it was for him too. You know, I think about what, what part was it? So cycles of emotional addiction where chaos and fear of abandonment create the illusion of sexual chemistry. And can we highlight illusion of sexual chemistry? Because when I tell you a bitch was in a maze with him when it comes to sexual chemistry, where I never, and my body is kind of particular, so let's say that. It could be, it could be my body too. But I think it's also when your body is not in tune with the other person's body, you are typically not going to feel any type of sexual gratification. And I've never felt gratified with Boston Bay sexually, okay? Nigga doesn't even French kiss. Nigga doesn't even kiss. I don't, I don't trust men who don't kiss. I, I, what's wrong with your lips that you can't peck? Not even, that you can't open your mouth. Is your breath stinking that bad? Did you not brush your teeth this morning? Why can't you kiss me? I think that's, I can't trust men who don't kiss. That's really it. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. And you need to do better. So the four years that we were together, bitch, we hardly, we never kissed. Let's say that. That's really never. Because I can't recall when we've made out. Because we haven't. That's why I can't recall. It's so hard for me to remember because it's never happened. Never happened. And you may think, damn, mama, why would you wait here for four years? Why? Because I still wanted to be chosen, right? I was still in that trauma bond fiasco. And so we do things that we would not at all accept in the long, like for real, for real. Like, you know, you're not happy. Why are you here? And that's what I would say to myself all the time. 
And so, yeah, I remember we never, he we never kissed. And I would like, I would try. I remember, I remember in the beginning, right? His excuse was he doesn't like germs. <laughs> Girl, are we in third grade? You don't like germs. So you don't, do you not have a hygienic care? Do you not trust that I have an, that I have a hygienic care routine? You don't like germs. Are you kissing a homeless, like no offense, but you know what I mean? Like, Let's not, let's not. You don't kiss because you're not, you're not in tune with your body. And that's really what it is. I think about him and the the trauma that he went through. No excuse for him to be how he was to me, you know, while we were together. But it explains that, you know, when someone is not sensual, when someone is not passionate with you, that's because they're, they're broken, they have a brokenness inside of them that is still broken, that is still shattered. That's why he's not kissing you, sis, <laughs> right? Like, that's why he's not comforting you. That's why he's not um, holding you from the back. That's why he's not caressing you because he doesn't know how to. He doesn't know how to be that. He hasn't allowed himself to be that. So anyway, so trauma bond is real. And... Look in that talk, toxic relationship that you are in, that you may not realize you're in, and think to yourself, hmm, do these five points of a trauma bond uh, relate to what I'm going through? If it's, if it's one out of the five, that's already too much. Okay, so again, this person's called the period, holistic period psychologist on Instagram, and the post is called trauma bonds. So please take a look at that because Lord, it slapped the shit out of you once you realize, oh my gosh, this is what I've been through. So anyway, Church Bay is just amazing. And he was amazing before anyway. And I, I would make excuses to devalue that to push him away. You know, when I said, remember when I said was, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't be with somebody who doesn't know how, how steak tastes. <laughs> what? I can't be with somebody who doesn't know what a sirloin steak tastes like. What am I doing with you? That's exactly what I would say. Okay. That's exactly what I thought was acceptable as a, a trait in a partner. What the hell, mama? None of y'all said to me, okay, girl, what? <laughs> I really had a whole episode clowning him because of those things that really don't matter. And it's okay. Like I could teach him things. Like I could open him up to different experiences. It's okay. We don't, not everyone has the same experience as you. And that's something I needed to realize. And I think about all the other things that he do have that he does possess that I just love. Like, I love that we have consistency. I love that we've communicated so effectively. We communicate so effectively to each other. And even when we come to a space of conflict, right? When we're arguing or disagreement on something, he, like, we'll go through it, like argue. And yet, he, we will calm down or he'll tell me to calm down. Look, I'm as strong-minded and as strong voice as I am. I'll let you go ahead and shut me up. Okay. Cause I want you to be that nigga to do that. I want to feel like you can do that. I'm not going to test you per se, at least not consciously, 
But I want you to have a space in my life where you can do that because I respect you enough and I respect Church Bay. So I give him rule to do that. I give him access to do that. I give him that door to do that because otherwise Boston Bay couldn't do that to me. I would, I would have been like, nigga, shut the fuck up because I don't respect him. Um, but with Church Bay, I respect him and I respect his integrity, his character. And so when we get, when we've gotten in arguments before, you know, I'll get loud. I've let my emotions get the best of me. I've hung up, I've hung up the phone. He had to check me on that. He's like, don't hang up on me. <laughs> like, okay, nigga, I won't. <laughs> I will no longer do that. Okay? I'll stop. And I've stopped. Look, I've I've I'm better. Um, but he is quick to humble himself. He's quick to say, look. All right, I didn't see it that way. You know, thank you for letting me know about that. Like, he's quick to move forward. And I'm so used to staying in that anger, staying in that frustration and just giving up. Like I've done to him before. I was like, okay, well, if you can't do it like this, then okay, well, it's just going to have to end. Like, I'm quick to push you away. And that's me acting out in that brokenness that I still need to heal, that I am actively healing from. So as you are healing, it's not like, boom, everything's going to just be right now that you know where that brokenness came from. No, no, no. You have to actively and continually tell yourself, huh, this thought pattern is unproductive. Let me stop. Let me um, think better. Let me think more positive. Um, Huh. Let me not think, oh, just because he didn't respond to me immediately, that means that he abandoned me. Yo, me and him, um, so he lives in Boston, and I'm here in Houston, and, you know, I expressed to him that communication is key. You know, whether he was here or I was there, you know, Still, communication is key, but it's really essential for us being that we are just, you know, we are distant and physically distant. And um, there were, he's a busy guy in a sense that he's not just laying around. I'm not saying he's uh, absent and he's not. He's consistent, his communication. We talk consistently. He, um, but there was moments when, because he plays, uh, he plays, he's, he plays, uh, instruments okay so he plays di in different bands or he plays in a band and they go through different uh, services uh events and you know show his talent he's a great player uh, and um it's beautiful actually so i think about um okay he has to, she has shit, he has shit to do yet when i feel like i'm not hearing from him enough it comes from a place of fear. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he decided he doesn't want to be with me anymore. Oh my gosh. And I'm not saying we're not, um, I'm not saying we're, um, we discuss being exclusive. I'm operating that way and so is he, but we're still in a space of where, you know, dating. We're still, you know, whatever. Anyway, but the point is there's been days when he would, be at a show, at an event, at a service, doing what he does, whether he's practicing, whether he's playing, um, he is not on the phone. 
And so I remember a couple of times I've reacted and I would react in a way that's really coming from a space of fear, feeling like, oh my gosh, he just decided he doesn't want to be with me anymore. He, he's done. This is over. When it's like, no, Max, I was just at rehearsal. Like, no, um, okay, I'll hit you right back up. You know, it's not that deep. And so I need to be conscious of my thought patterns. I need to check myself, you know? So healing is not only about the other person, you know, what you would tolerate, what you will not tolerate. It's about yourself. What are you doing to get in your own way? Are you continuously pushing people away because this is your safe space, right? Or are you or are you not? You know, which one is it? And I know and I recognize within myself I was pushing people away because it was safer to do that. And I had to be honest with myself. I had to say, you know what? Because I've said this many times on this podcast. I said, you know, I'm not trying to get married tomorrow. And I will always say that and I will push it. 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 I will push it because of fear. Feeling like I'm unworthy of love. Feeling I'm unworthy of that type of love. That, hey, you know what? I'm just going to settle for these casual situations. I'm just going to settle for niggas who, who, can't, who can't respond, you know, ever <laughs> on a timely basis. And that's not okay. So where, where is that thought pattern coming from and how to better act against that? So it's about talking to yourself, being honest with yourself, recognizing that you are worthy of love and you can acquire such and you are able to do so. Like this is not just for other people to experience. I see, you know, we see on Instagram all the time, different marriages, pop-up weddings and, you know, pop-up pregnancies. And it's like beautiful, right? And we look at it and we're in awe. And sometimes we may be in jealousy, in envy, thinking like, damn, this, this I guess it just won't be for me. It can. It can. But ultimately, you got to look within yourself because ultimately my happiness is not on Church Bay. It's not his responsibility, right? He could help. He could be an aid to that, but it's my responsibility. My healing is my responsibility, okay? My desire to feel worthy within my own self is my responsibility. Now, it always helps to have a partner who can encourage that, who can walk you through that, who could be by your side, but it's not his job. It is not his job. I remember with Boston Bay, nigga was just, he would just dump his childhood trauma, his father abandoning him, his mother working so hard as a single mom. He, he'll just dump all that shit onto me. And I never got anything in return. I never got, uh, how are you? <laughs> shit, never mind anything in return materially um, or materialistically, right? Um, I never got anything in return, period. He never... Tell me why. And look, like I said, I'm going to continue to reiterate because I don't want to come across as a gold digger or anything because I'm not. And I don't think I come across that way. I just want to make sure that's clear. But I remember having a conversation with Church Bay just a couple of weeks ago. 
and I was saying to him how um, I was having some technical issues with uh, my video because I'm on a platform that I use video and it video and it audio records an episode. And I was like, I don't know, sometimes the the tech, like sometimes it'll just kind of buffer. I don't know what it is. And I think my Wi-Fi is pretty strong. I don't know what it could be. And I was saying how I was saving up to eventually buy this particular camera. And I did my research research on the camera. I was like really in awe of the camera. And he was like, oh, what camera is it? And I'm like, oh, it's the Sony ZV-1. And he was like, okay, um, I'll just go ahead and get it for you. No problem. Like he gifted me the camera and I got it within two days thanks to Amazon Prime. And I was in such an awe of that. And the thing is, it wasn't no flex. That's the thing. Like it was like, oh, you know, daddy got you. It wasn't like that. He wasn't trying to show off that he got it like that. It really wasn't. It was just, he knew that I was desiring this. He knew that it was in support of my passion project, my baby, my podcast. And for him to gift me that, for him to even think to gift me this is just, it really tells a lot about his character. So I was like, wait, what? (laughs) At first I was thinking, um, yes. Anyway, I was like, what? Huh? And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. So I got it um, within those two days. And I was just still in awe of the fact that this nigga really gifted me this camera. Huh? And we were like, me, mind you, me and uh, Church Bay has, have, has yet to have sex. This, this is, I don't know why I'm whispering, but me and him has yet to have sex. Did you hear me? Okay. We have yet to really hang out with each other physically. We FaceTime all the time. Um, we were supposed to hang out with each other when I was home during the summer, but that was when I was in my own shit and I was grieving the loss of my cousin at that time. So I think also with that, I was just not properly managing my emotions and I lashed out on him, but it was also just me just pushing him away because I was not feeling worthy of love and I was finding every excuse to push him away. So I, we were supposed to been hang out, but we have yet to do so. And for us to just recently rekindle, because I reached out to him. Oh, I didn't tell y'all how we rekindle. I reached out to him on some humble shit, because a bitch is humble, okay? As confident as I may appear, and I am, but sometimes I go through my own emotions of insecurity. But as confident as I am, you know, yes, I go through my own emotions of, of insecurity, and I recognize, hey, you know, I could have, I could have did this better. I could have um, handled this better. So I kept on throughout my whole fast. I kept on thinking about Church Bay, and I'm like, God, what the fuck? <laughs> I'll be talking to God, y'all. I'll be talking to God. But I was really thinking, like, what are you trying to do? Like, no, no, it's not gonna work out. No, he's too young, God. No, he never ate a steak before. It's not gonna work out. What? I think about that now, and it's just so damn laughable. No, not one of y'all listeners slapped me. The fuck is wrong with y'all? It's y'all fault. That's really what it is. It's not mine. It's y'all. I'm kidding. But so I was 
I was thinking about him a lot. Like God put him in my mind a lot. And I'm like, and I was, I would remember all the different times that we've had, mind you, we haven't really hung out physically. Um, but the conversations that we've had, the vulnerability, the intimate moments. And when I say intimate, I'm not talking about sexual intimacy because, yes, you know, a bitch does uh, do send pictures. But what I'm talking about is the emotional intimacy. He taps in uh, an inner being of myself that I have hid from guys because I was afraid of showing that vulnerable side. I have never felt safe with my experience with Boston Bay. I never felt safe to be my full self with him because he didn't create an environment for me to be safe with him. He never allowed for me to be emotionally safe with him. So why would I open up? Why would I even allow myself to quote unquote love him, right? So I took that same energy and I applied it with uh, Church Bay thinking, you know, I... I can't, you know, I'm just going to do it for, I'm just going to, you know, talk to him for a, this amount of time. You know, I'm just going to push it to this, to this edge and then back off. Yet I naturally, like, you know how you go into something thinking, okay, I'm going to just be strong, but you go into it and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm a big softy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I really like him. Oh my gosh. Like, he makes me feel safe. I could be my full self. I'm in my wholeness with him. <laughs> Not wholeness. <laughs> but that's part of my wholeness. Let's say that. But I'm in my full self with him. And I get to really just be. I don't have to put on a show. I don't have to talk a certain way. I don't have to look a certain way. Like He sees the beauty in me, period. And to experience that with someone... It's just priceless. That's the shit that matters. That's what matters. Not any, not other floofy shit. So when he when he gifted me the camera, I was like, wait, what? Like, thank you. Like that's that shows his generosity, right? But it was like, if he never gifted me the camera, I would have still been in awe and still be just with him um, because I feel the safety with him. I feel the seenness with him. I feel the intimacy and the vulnerability and the and the love with him that's growing. And it's just, it's, be it's a beautiful thing. So when I reached out to him, I, I was humble. I was like, look, I just want to say, I'm sorry for how I handle things. You know, I apologize for the way I treated you. You were not deserved. Like, I was just, hum I humbled my, humbled the shit out of that apology a bitch knows how to talk but i meant it of course i meant it and he received it and what i love about him is he knows how to move on he's like look you know i appreciate you saying that we're like we can move on we're good like i miss you too like it wasn't a harping on yeah but you said this and i was fucked up mag like Boston Bay would have done that. You know how many times me and him have gotten into arguments and we try to rekindle and he'll put something into my face that I've said months ago or I'll do the same thing to him. It's just the same. Like, it's the, it was just hostile. It was a hostile environment with Boston Bay. And, I, and not to compare, but it's just so funny when we are now in healthy relationships with people, we realize the fucked up shit that we dealt with 
previous to that healthy relationship. And we realized, wow, we accepted horrible behavior, right? Or we showed horrible behavior. And now being in a healthy relationship, you need to, I realized that, okay, I can't operate the same way I did when I was with Boston Bay. And I sure as hell don't want to, right? I, I want to be a better version just for my, not just for myself, right? But ultimately for myself and for his, for Church Bay's experience with me, you know, because he's that much of a good guy that I want to even be better for him to experience too. So yeah, so when he gives me the camera, I was thinking like, wow, this man, we just rekindled. <laughs> we had never had, we never had sex, you know, yet. <laughs> um, we haven't even kissed yet, right? Because we haven't had time to spend with each other physically. And this nigga just bought me a camera, a real dope camera that I've been looking for, that I've been saving for. So that's already enough said that it's not a cheap old camera. No, no, no. He bought it for me that day. It wasn't like, oh, I got you next Friday when I get paid. You know how these niggas be? Like, never mind, nigga. The fuck? I didn't even ask you. Now I got to wait till next Friday until you get paid. What? Like, don't even bring it up. If you can't buy it right now, don't even bring it up. <laughs> and with Church Bay... He got it as soon as I sent him the link. I was like, here's the link. <laughs> here's the link. Because you know I save my stuff on my Amazon wish list. And I sent him the link. He bought that camera, gifted me the camera, and I got it in two days. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and I ghosted him since. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Imagine, like, mama, you are fucked up. No, 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 we are still strong and we're still good. And I really, I like him a lot. So, and I'm allowing myself to like him a lot. And that's the beauty in it too. Like I'm allowing myself, I'm giving myself permission to love. And we're not there yet, but it's, it's on the horizon. It's, it's, it's getting there. So anyway, um, I think about, yeah. So he gives me the camera and I thought about Boston Bay. And you know why I thought about Boston Bay? Because I was, it was last year. I remember telling Boston Bay that, um, oh, I was looking to get a flight to get to Boston. <laughs> and I was perfect. And I was like, not getting the flight yet because I was like, my money was tight. And Boston Bay was reacting in a non helpful way. Okay. He made it seem like he was going to buy me my flight but he never did. And what he did was he was like, oh, what, what um, airline do you usually go with? And I was like, oh, at that time I was going with JetBlue. I was like, oh, JetBlue. He was like, oh, what time do you usually, what time would you want to arrive? You know, what time do you want to leave? Or what time do you want to arrive? Or what, no, what time do you want to leave Houston to arrive? And I was like, oh, I would prefer to leave in the morning, you know, Saturday morning. I think this Saturday works best, right? So I was giving him these details thinking like, oh, he might purchase me my flight. Hmm. Because why else, why are you asking me these questions if you're not going to purchase flights? Nigga, are you going to purchase flights? No. So what, what does it matter to you if I like JetBlue or American Airlines? You fucktard. Like, what are you doing? So I'm getting hype. I'm thinking, oh, he about to say, confirm. Here's your booking itinerary. Y'all. 
when I said, oh, I, I would prefer to fly in the morning, his response was, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear that, y'all? He said, oh, okay. I'm like, okay. And just, he continued the, he changed the topic of the conversation as if he didn't ask me 21 questions about my flight preferences. What? So I brought it back up to him. I was like, you know, it felt like you was going to buy my flight. Like, why would you ask me these questions if, you know, if you wasn't going to? What, what was the point? He's like, oh, I just wanted to know, Mags. And that's, a, I could ask a simple question. He gets so irate. So he, he's react, he's reacting with such hostility. He's like, damn, Mags, you know, I just bought a house. I don't have time to buy you a flight ticket. Um, I'm trying to pay these bills. I'm trying to do this X, Y, and Z. And it's like, sir. Nobody asked you for any other information. I didn't even ask you if you could buy the flight. But I think as a man who's interested in me, right, a man who cares for me, who wants to see me happy, wants to see me win, all these things would still make it a way for me to still get on that flight if I told you, hey, my money's a little tight right now. Right, I'm not saying it's your responsibility, but essentially, it kind of is. Like, I feel like if I'm if I'm with you, and maybe that was just my bad because I was thinking common courtesy. You would think if I'm fucking you, right? Me and him have had plenty of sex, plenty of um, unpleasurable sex for me, and yet that wasn't enough for him to purchase my flight. It didn't change anything. He instead made me feel guilty for even thinking that he would. And he twisted around on me. Yet you were asking me 21 questions, making me feel like you was going to buy my flight. So it's like, why do all of these things when you was never going to in the first place? It's that gaslighting shit that he was famous for while he was, you know, with me for the four years. So I think about that. And I also think about like, damn, that's a sharp contrast between him and Church Bay, because Church Bay was quick to buy me um, that camera. And I quickly got in the t in two days because of Amazon Prime. Hello. I didn't have to wait until Friday. I, I wasn't guilted for it. I, I didn't have to prove that I, I, I deserved this gift. I didn't have to prove shit to him. He wanted to do it because of the kindness of his heart, because of his generosity. And that shows someone's character. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what you got to look for in somebody. Not if he got, you know, all the money in the world. Because niggas could have money but be so cheap. Like, sir. But I remember one time with Boston Bay. And I'm bringing him up because it's just like, wow. The difference is real. And I'm so grateful for Church Bay. Because, my God. What the fuck was I dealing with with Boston Bay for four years? I remember... Um. I decided I was gonna I wasn't gonna go to Boston anymore when I said I was going to for a particular weekend and I said that to I said that to, uh, to Boston Bay and he was upset he was like damn Max why 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 I'm like look I can't afford it it's, it's, it's my money's tight and I just I can't fit a flight um, expense right now I'll just come you know in a couple of weeks I can't do it right now and I was just like it is what it is and I wasn't saying it like for him to purchase my ticket. Instead, I was just saying, this is really the reason why I haven't purchased it and I'm not going to. So because, and I really think it's because he really wanted to see me for his own 
sexual pleasure, that was the reason why he decided to purchase it for me. So what he did actually, he asked, he gave me his card information and said I could go ahead and purchase the flight. So I'm thinking, okay, look at that progression. Because just a couple of months ago, you didn't want to, you act like it was going to buy my flight, but you never did. So, hmm, maybe this is progression. Mind you, what the fuck? That's not progression. This is still psychotic. It's weird. So anyway, I took that as progression at that time. So I'm like, okay, cool. He gave me his card number. I could go ahead and purchase the flight. And I did, right? So I purchased a flight. Mind you, when I'm smart with my money, I don't just, I'm not going to purchase a first class flight, nigga. Like, relax. I'm going to Boston, not to London. I, my opinion, when I, when I travel internationally, like longer flights, so to London, to um, to Africa, to any place in Europe, I other than London, but um, I'm doing first class. I'll save up for first class because I don't want to do no coach. The fuck? <laughs> well, I do want to experience first class just because. Why not live? You know, experience life while you can in this flesh. And so that's something I want to treat myself in that experience. And me and my partner, you know, me and church babe, but um. So what I'm saying is, yeah, yeah. So what was it? So, okay. So he gave me his card number to purchase the flight. Okay, cool. I purchased the flight. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not being luxurious. I'm being mindful of the flight time, the price point. Cause sometimes the flight changes, um, due to the, the price point. If, if, if it's three hours, it might be a little bit more expensive, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be on a flight for seven hours to go to Boston. Like, please shut the fuck up. Okay. So I bought a flight. I forgot how much it was, but it wasn't expensive, expensive. I think it was like three or 400. So, okay, cool. That's pretty normal. Like nigga, you knew I was buying a flight. I wasn't buying a doll. I wasn't buying a, a condiment. No, no, no. I was buying a flight. Okay. You knew I was buying a flight. So I purchased a flight and he was like, cause the agreement actually, oh no, no, this is, this is what actually happened. So the agreement was that we go half on it. <laughs> Y'all, I'm going half with a nigga. Please, please shoot me at my knee. Please. If I ever had to go half with a man, call it what you want. No. But that's what I did at the time. That's what I did at the time. And I already, I already, I already was telling him my money is tight. Why would you even allow me to pay? Period. Whether it's half or in full. No. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, um, okay, fine. So I took that. Um, I paid the half and he wanted me to pay him back, y'all. He's like, okay, cool. And mind you, he kept on reminding me. Like he tried to remind you know, people try to remind you of the money that you owe them um in a slick way. And mind you, I still paid him back um in the time frame that um was was said. Uh, but anyway, I, um, so he asked me, so he, I remember when I first purchased, yeah, I purchased the flight. He was like, okay, cool. Um, just make sure you remember to, um, yeah, pay me that, pay me that money back. You know, when you got it. All right, cool. No, no, ma <laughs> no worries. Make sure you pay the money back. Like he kept on repeating it. And it was like, sir, you never mind. Just refund it at this point. Because if you do, if you're going to hold it up in my face like that, I don't want it. No, no, I didn't even ask for you to pay for it. I could have been fine and figure it out because I always do, you know, in those times. You know, praise God for financial progression. But Lord, when you when you are in a space where you feel the 
the um dependence on someone else it really sucks and you have to deal with their horrible way of being generous like you're not being generous by asking me to pay half and then pay you back never mind shit like and yes i get it pay people back cool i'm for that but i also feel like don't try to act like you really helping me out because <laughs> you're not <laughs> and like you want to like you wanted me to pay him back like within the next two days type of thing and he and i did i paid him back quickly as soon as i got paid and i was able to like you know i i finesse something and it was just like the fact that i had to do that <sighs> And I remember when I purchased a flight, he actually got mad at me. He was like, damn, Max, what did you purchase? I'm like, what? The flight that you said I could purchase. He was, I think he wasn't expecting the, the cost to be as much as it was. And that's just bare minimum. That's how prices are for flights from Houston to Boston. Okay, round trip. Add that. And am I just per like it? And he was, and I was explaining to him other flights were seven hours long. I'm not gonna be on a flight for seven hours. What? And so he was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But the, the point is the fact that you even had to think like that, the fact that you even approached me with that mindset says a lot about you and the tightness that you have over your money and the fear that you have over your money and the lack of generosity that you have over your money. When I didn't even ask for this, you was trying to show that you could be generous and your way of showing it was a complete lie. That's a lie. So all those experiences with Boston Bay just made me appreciate Church Bay so much more. Like this nigga is the shit. I'm, stay I'm staying right here. And I'm going to fix my shit, right? I'm going to heal to be a better version of me so that me and Church Baker have a healthy relationship. That is what's deserving, okay? Because Lord have mercy. When we, y'all, I just, I can't believe sometimes myself. I'm just, I'm really, I could be, like I said, I could, I could get in my own way, right? We could get in our own way when we don't, when we don't realize that we're still hurt from something, that we're still harboring the pain of something, we have to let shit go. I have to let shit go. I have to work through it so I could be a better version of myself for myself and for the experience of others. Because when my time comes, not to sound morbid, but it's a part of life. You know, when my time comes, when God calls me home, I want to be known for my character, my good character. Let me be specific, my good character. I want people to speak of me with, with, um, with grace, you know, with, with love, with care. Not because they have to, because of the right thing to say, because no, Maxine really is a good person. Doesn't mean I won't have enemies, right? <laughs> I have a couple. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, there will always be haters. So let's just keep that clear. There will always be haters. There will always be people who um, may not accept you and just hate on you, right? You may have had a bad experience with them because you are not at a great space in your own life. And it may have shown through that experience, through that friendship. Um, or you know, you call someone out on their shit and they didn't like that. And they took that as a, you know, a, a hit when it's like, no, you have to take responsibility too. Look, it goes both ways. The point is character is what matters. 
That's what matters the most, your character. How are you a good person? Are you a good person? What is a good person to you? You know, are you surrounding with good, uh, good people? You know, is your partner a good person or are you just with him or her because of this trauma bond? Sit with yourself and think about that because it's freeing, it is liberating to really realize the shit that you go through and you have an understanding behind it. You have a reason behind it. So, yeah, this fast that I went on has done its job, has really opened my mind, opened my heart, and it it's, it's propelled me to a better version of myself. So I'm so grateful that God put it within me to um, get on this fast. I'm so grateful for the commitment that I decided to do. Like, I, as much as I've said, I'm afraid of commitment. I was feeling like I can't commit. Like, this is just not in my makeup. I just cannot commit. And what does that say? I should be able to commit to someone who is right for me. I should be able to commit to someone who cares for me, who respects me, who honors me, who allows me to be my full self, right? Instead, I'm over here. I had commitment issue. The fuck? Com- if, if anything to commit to, commit to that. Don't commit to a toxic nigga for four years. And so I was proud of myself for committing to the fast. I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna prove to myself that I can commit. I can be in a committed situation, right? And that situation was a 30-day fast. I can commit to not drinking for these 30 days. I can commit to practicing, no, to not practicing non-committal sex anymore. And now that the fast is over, I don't even care to drink anymore, to be honest. But here's the thing with drinking. A lot of people feel uncomfortable when you're not drinking with them. And it's the weirdest thing in the world. Like, nigga, go ahead and take those three shots. That has shit to do with me. Like, stop. I'm not saying I'm not going to drink ever again. I'm just going to say that I'm more intentional with my drinking. I have yet to have a drink since my fast ended. So it's been 30 days plus and I feel fine. Like I don't miss it per se. Um, I do remember how like my body is different now, to be honest. I'm not an undergrad anymore. I'm not 19, 20. And yes, I did drink before 21, but it was like a year before 21. But I'm not, I'm not that girl anymore physically. My body is different. Okay. That's a whole new podcast. We gotta talk about my body. Okay. I'm almost 30 years old. I can't be over here taking shots with you. I'm sorry. I can't. My stomach hurts. (laughs) Like that's really it. Like I have a sensitive stomach now. My digestive system is different now. I can't be out here drinking with you every weekend or every happy hour, every long day of work. I'm out here drinking for what? Can y'all just go to sleep? Y'all go to sleep after y'all can can y'all just read a book? We got a drink. I, it's just it's not of my interest anymore because I'm realizing my body is not reacting to it positively anymore. It's not. And it actually was never, not was never, but for a while now, it hasn't, my body hasn't been reacting to drinking positively. 
Um, my body has been um, rejecting that. And yet I would push myself to still drink just because why the fuck can't I drink? Why can't I drink? I want to drink. I want to drink. And that's not okay. I think a part of, when I, you know, when we think, of, here's another whole nother conversation, but I think about voodoo, right? Voodoo is not just, right? Because it is a part of that. But voodoo is not just this demonic, evil um, perception that we are forced to believe, that we were conditioned to believe. It is twofold. You know, with any religion, because voodoo is a religion, with any religion, you are, um, you could use it in two ways, either good or bad. With Christianity, it was used bad against our ancestors by our ancestor slave masters because you know what? They saw slavery in the Bible and they they saw that and used that as a form of justification for slavery and made them feel like this is the, your God-given purpose to be my slave right? And you think about that now in 2020, it was like, that's laughable. What are you talking about? God didn't mean that. Blah, blah, blah. But the point is people could switch and turn and misinterpret um, the Bible or any form of religious text for their benefit. And their benefit is not going to be to your benefit all the time. So I think about voodoo and um, yes, it could be used for evil purposes. I recognize that. I'm not saying that's not a situation because we, like, if you are from the Caribbean islands, voodoo is not just called voodoo in every um, Caribbean background. It is different in different spaces. It's different name in different spaces. But it's more than just that perception. Voodoo is about being in touch with your body. It's about being in touch with the earth. It's about having, it's like, it's literally in everyday life. Voodoo is plants. Voodoo is herbs. Voodoo is um, natural remedies to treat any ailment, right? Um, voodoo is dance. Like voodoo is a lot of different, voodoo is the umbrella and there's different practices in it that you can be practicing that is primarily for being in touch with your body. So I guess I am practicing voodoo because I'm in touch with my body. I am honoring my body and I recognize, oh, my body is not reacting well to this drink. My body is not reacting well to this alcoholic beverage that I keep on consuming. Hmm. Let me stop forcing it and just let it go. Look, that's it. And, and it's also about saying no to people. Some people just want to hang out because they want to go out to drink. And it's like, I don't want to do that. And because a lot of people don't feel comfortable with you not drinking with them, I'm just not going to hang out with you. It's really that simple because I fucks with myself. I love me. I love my presence. I love my space. I love my company. I am dope. Like, I really, I just sit back and think to myself, like, I wish everyone would think about that for themselves, like about themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I wish people would just realize their own dopeness. <laughs> And um, some people don't because they need, and some people don't and it shows because they are in need of being in someone's presence. They cannot be alone. And that is sad. A bitch is found alone. Like I am, <laughs> you would think I ain't got nobody in my life. And I, <laughs> I, only a few people I call friend. 
Okay. Only, and I don't know if they call me back. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I don't like calling people. I just call conversations going one way, th- two way, three way. But the point is, um, I was honoring my body because I was like, um, I cannot drink the way I used to. So whether that's frequent, whether that's at all, whether that's certain drinks, it, it, it depends. All I know is I'm not just going to be drinking just to be drinking because my stomach is going to act all crazy and I'm going to be on that toilet. And I don't want to spend my Saturday nights, my Sunday night, my Sunday fun day on the toilet because I just wanted to fit in with this group of girls, you know, this group of people, men and women, because they're drinking. I don't want to be the only one not drinking and I don't want to be looked at as a judgmental. Suddenly when you're not drinking in front of somebody else who is drinking, you're judgmental. <laughs> Okay, y'all, I gotta go. (laughs) I have to go. I don't want to take a shot anymore. Okay? And it has nothing to do with, are you okay? Is is everything good? (laughs) Yes, everything's fine. I don't need to explain to you my health concerns, right? I don't need to explain to you anything. I just don't want to, I could just say no. I'll get a... I'll just get a Sprite. Thank you. What? When I tell you my body, oh, that's a whole different podcast. Because my body is different, y'all. And your body is different. And when you get on that, honor that. That's the whole point. Honor it. Honor it. Anyway, so the, the moral of today's episode is just stemmed in. Look at someone's character before you allow them in your life and before you dismiss them out of your life. Look at someone's character. Okay. I would love to hear your response to anything I've said. I said a lot on this episode. I thank you again for listening for as long as you did. You made it to this point. You've listened to the full episode. So shout out to y'all. And please be sure to leave a comment under iTunes, which is the Apple podcast um, uh, app that's on your iPhone. If you have an iPhone, if you don't have an iPhone, please you know, support by subscribing. And if you can leave a comment on Spotify or SoundCloud, whichever one you use for those non-iPhone users, please do so. That is the way that you could support this podcast. If you are not a Patreon member, um, I really would encourage and hope and would ask and um, appreciate if you could do that. So I thank you again for listening and I will check in with you all, with you all, excuse me, (laughs) next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.